a Shishkin Productions podcast. You have your radio recording devices on? Get them on. It happens all over the world. People come together, kicking a soccer ball around, and it's a great uniter. Find me. I don't care anymore. Drain my bank account. I don't give a shit anymore. Okay? Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Calling Call All Casuals. casuals. <laughs> we're in the house. I'm Alexi. I'm Amy. Uh, we're the casuals. I'm Amy, the casual. Amy, you're a little more casual than I. Very, ca- very, we're, very we're much more casual. It's, it's another episode. It's another day. Another one. And we're, uh, I think we're going to be able to, to get through this. I don't have anything to make up from last week. Normally, this is where I mentioned something I fucked up last week. Mm. But uh, I don't think I fucked that much up. No, I think we, uh, I guess we did pretty good. One thing I fucked up is when I didn't, I didn't talk about uh, women's soccer in the U.S. like at all. So that's one thing I'll correct is that there is a lot of. Oh, there's a rich history of women's soccer in America, but I didn't even touch on it. Oh, okay. we, we can't make the whole thing a fucking. It's not gonna be like a two-hour-long episode. It was mentioned. I think uh, it was. Briefly. It was mentioned how important it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it just because that wasn't. The whole history lesson doesn't yeah. mean you know. no, no. You're right, you're right. Um, but uh, that's the only thing that I that I I think need to catch up on. Um, where can the people find us before we really get started today? They can find us on the internet. If you go to twitter.com, yeah. we are at Colleen Casuals, and you can email us. Mm-hmm. The email is callingallcasuals at gmail dot com. Yes, that's the place. That's the place. And you know, as we mention every week. There will be maybe someday be a TikTok, and yeah, the, uh, when that happens, we'll let you know. As soon as I feel motivated enough to make one, yeah. then I'll do it. But uh, I'm not there yet. Um, yes, uh, write an email, send us a question. Someone send us some sort of question or your, or your thoughts on what's going on in the soccer world. I know there's I a ton of shit going on. Um, we'd always be happy to answer it. Give us some tea. Yeah, give us a little soccer tea. Give us your hottest takes. Um, let's <clears throat> talk about last week's picks real quick. Last Katie O picks. was in the house and she got four right yep. of the fourteen. Um, I got seven right, but you got me. You got eight. Ooh, you just barely squeezed me out. Unbelievable. Um, that brings us to a tie. We yeah, are tied up on the picks. Oh, you know what? Actually, I think Katie O got five. I think we missed oh, six even. Because we missed uh, LAFC and Revs. She got both of those right. Oh, oh, my So bad. she actually got six. So it was a good good thing all we around. We all did pretty well. But yeah, um, I would say, let's see, anything I was really surprised by last week? I mean, uh, we, all had, uh, we all had Sporting Kansas City winning and they didn't. So. Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> they, they did it again. I would say maybe, maybe I was surprised by Atlanta, but... That was a weird match. I remember I was watching it. Not surprised by Portland. We're, we're trash. It's, it is what it is. Mm. Uh, how do you feel about your new team? I know last week people might have missed it, but you switched to the New York Red Bulls. I you did. You dropped I, Kansas City. I dropped Kansas City um, and officially picked up the Red Bulls. You know, they were always like my home, my home team. Yeah. Uh, but I said, you know what? I'm just going to do what I should have done all along. I'm going Red Bulls all the way. That's interesting. Yeah, I guess there's no better way to get into this week's MLS (laughs) news and tea. Welcome, Amy, to the New York Red Bulls. And uh, another what a, batch what a of, hell of a week! Another <laughs> batch of controversy. <laughs> yeah, Dante Van Zier. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you, you why don't you explain what happened? Well, he uh, well the the game was stopped. I believe at uh, around minute fifty four, they stopped for about twenty minutes um, because 
it was alleged that he said a racial slur on the pitch not you know wasn't specific what it was or who it was directed to or if he just said it but they stopped the match eventually they got back to playing but you know now a week almost a week later um he's stepped away from the team yeah and that was actually his first game his that was first the first match. game he started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, thought it, I thought it was directed at Jeremy Abobase, but Abobase, but I could be wrong. Uh, it, I don't actually. I know. think I th- I think it was. I mean, that's what was alleged on the pitch. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. Again, they haven't really released exactly what happened, um, but you know, Van Zier did release an apology, which basically admitted that he did what was alleged. So not good it's a bad look um really disappointing to see that happening you know yeah i mean also it's just like it's such a it's so i don't know it's kind of it's like selfish to do that like because this team they actually you're supposed to be a big part of this team yeah like moving forward like you are a pretty important piece to having a successful season and when you do some boneheaded shit like that it's like you know not even talking about the ethical implications of it and all that but it's just like at at its core now like you're making things harder for all of the rest of your team absolutely because he's stepping away now for uh, who knows how many games but like you know what is it april like they signed him in january january so it's like they've spent these months like building the team around this person and Mm -hmm. or like at least building a structure for him to slot into maybe not building it around him but like Building it with him in mind. Yes. And so like being you know, a big part, like an integral part. The, the of only the, team. the only upside for New York is that, like you said, it's April. So, yeah, if everything cools down and, you know, whatever the league or the player takes the right steps to figure out the whole situation. Yeah. If he does come, there's still a large window for him to potentially come back. It's as if uh, it's so. You know, it's marginally better than it having happened in like October, for example, and then he can't be a part of the rest of the year. Yeah, you're right. It's, you know, but it's disheartening and disappointing to see like I, you know, we talked about this happening you know, in Europe a couple of weeks ago, I think last, one of last, the last week, yeah, the la- two, last episode last we episode talked about Ro- Romelu Lukaku and all right. that. And so, you know, for that to happen here, it's like obviously America's racist as fuck. We're not yeah. immune to that, but it's just disappointing, you know, because I was kind of imagining our league as maybe something a little bit different. Um, well, in, in a way, and but it, I, it I, is because we did stop the play and right. try to figure stuff out. The reaction out and, was, you know, I think that it was handled properly. It's just, it's disappointing that it happened at all, but yeah. it seems like everybody handled it in the best way they could Which, have. You know, you know what? You know what? Also, is funny. So when uh, I think Cristiano Espinosa scored for San Jose in that match, I think it was a penalty or something. But he scored, and then he ran up to the crowd and did the same celebration that Lukaku did after he scored that penalty. Uh, then Lukaku got a yellow for it, mm-hmm. right? So it was a second yellow, I think, and he was sent off. Right. But it's kind of like the finger to the mouth, like the yeah. shush kind of thing. And so I think he did that as almost like a tribute to Lukaku in a way. So I like there's that. All, all these solidarity. crazy, yeah, like through lines of uh, yeah. racial stories happening always in sports. Yeah. But hey, 
but sports anyway, for you. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to so the Red Bulls, as soon as you, so. know, wherever like, you go, I was watching the matches on Saturday and I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> this is, but whatever, we're, we're, we're rocking, we're rolling. Um, in terms of bad news, another thing that I mm. kind of found out, uh, Eric Williamson, ACL tear out for all of the rest of the year. They see, they, they're saying, so, um, that's kind of a, you know, a bummer for, uh, for the Timbers. Um, Eric Williamson, pretty important player, but, um, you know, he, this is the second time he's torn his ACL. I think he tore his, um, his either his left one last year and then he tore his right one this year. Oh man. Oh, I thought it was so, an Achilles injury or something. Or um, is that, am I thinking of somebody else? No, I'm, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but this is a second ACL tear in, in 20 Damn. months. So, um, yeah, it's a bummer. I mean, I, I have, you know, I respect the shit out of Eric Williamson. I think he, it's a tough position that he's in, you know, all injuries aside, it's just a tough position because yeah. playing, in that midfield is is weird that midfield is going through a lot of changes over the last couple years and when you're injured and you're out of it it's even harder to adjust to those kinds of changes you know what i'm saying so um it's the team is in a weird spot and it always is a is a bummer when anyone when anyone uh gets gets hurt yeah Um, especially if it's a you know season ending injury yeah yeah, <clears throat> I guess the only bright side is that um, at least now, like, if he's out, he's out, right? So, like, you kind of have to figure out a plan and maybe, yeah. maybe gives an opportunity for a younger player to step up into that That's role true. and gain valuable experience, right? So, And like you said, it's still early in the season, so yeah. not great to happen, but I guess timing-wise, this would be the best-case scenario. Yeah, uh, one, I know that you have a... Uh, the your little your thing right here that I don't want to I don't want to you know mm-hmm. spoil it but the, you're going to talk about that in a second but one last thing I want to mention before that is uh um Brenner this is like news that is pretty fresh but mm-hmm. uh Brenner transfer is finally looking like it's getting finalized um Brenner from Cincinnati mm-hmm. is probably going to go to Udinese in uh in Italy so there's reports that Brenner might not play this weekend because oh, wow. um, as he's, he's going to sit out as they're finalizing the deal. But uh, yeah, I mean, that could be it for Brenner, which is kind of going to be interesting for Cincinnati because, again, it's like I think we talk about this every week, but it, if you're good, you're so good that you can get punished because people go, whoa, that's a good player. I want him. I don't know what's going to happen with the transfer. I would imagine that they would like finalize the deal and then maybe loan him back. Yeah. Because they don't need him necessarily. Yeah. It says Brenner's going to stay with Cincinnati until July before heading to Italy to start his career with Udinese. Gosh. So, you know, it, congrats to Brenner. That's fucking awesome. And, yeah. You know, I guess uh, for Cincinnati, it opens up a spot where another player can step in. Yeah. And is that, I mean, it's like, good and bad right because it's it's nice to be able to have such a valuable player mm-hmm. as an asset and then to be able to sell them but then you're losing a really good player so yeah and that's why the the deal's got to be right <clears throat> i uh don't actually know how much it's going to be for but uh it says that when it's complete it will become a club record transfer for cincinnati and among the top 10 most expensive outbound transfers in league history that's i mean that's super exciting yeah for the league especially um 
yeah interesting though there you go cincinnati from so they you know maybe like two years ago were laughing stocks and now here they are making record sales now just a quick question if he if the trade does go through and he's not actually going to be heading to italy until what is it say july mm-hmm. would cincinnati like still utilize him or do you think they would just keep him on the bench like how does that typically work um i think they would use him because he's important to their team but it, it, that's a good question. I mean, it all just kind of depends on the situation. In my opinion, he'll probably still have a role um, because Cincinnati want to win. Yeah. But I could, you know, I could also see them trying to start figuring out solutions and, you mm-hmm. know, what to do when he's gone. So it, it, it's, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, the fact that he's sitting out this weekend is uh, maybe that's just common practice. I don't mm-hmm. know. But to me, I was just like, oh, that's interesting that he's sitting out like as they're finalizing the deal because also like you know if you're if you're Udinese you don't want him to show up like injured or anything you don't right. want him so was, like it's kind of a is it like a way to protect him yeah they'll probably have to figure that out during the negotiations because yeah. like Cincinnati I'm sure are going to be like hey we want we need him to play like he's an important player for us mm-hmm. so we'll see um, one other transfer that happened um our boy Kamal Miller from Montreal is now going to Miami in exchange mm-hmm. for a couple other players, Bryce Duke and Ari Lassiter. I think Ari Lassiter is Roy Lassiter's son. But um, Bryce Duke, also a good young player. But for me, Kamal Miller, is uh, he's a legend. He's yeah. cool. When we filmed that thing for MLS, he's like, he was one of the only players who you know was, uh, he sh- like shook my hand and said thanks for filming afterwards. Oh, I was like, oh cool. So this, nice. guy is, this guy is uh is uh, working class, you know, he's a cool dude. Yeah. So shout out Kamal Miller. Um, Amy, you got anything else for this news and tea? Well, my only news was I just discovered the uh, the memes on the MLS Reddit thread. Um, so I just thought that was pretty funny. You're becoming a, an MLS, a Reddit r slash uh, MLS. You know, I'm like trying. Kinda, uh, I'm like, it's it's embarrassing to admit this to people that don't know me because if you know me you know this but i'm not like a huge internet person i you know not like big on reddit don't really know what most of the memes mean but i had fun going through going through the thread and like seeing all these different memes too that i that stuck out one of them actually like led me to a question but um it's the like say it again bart simpsons meme and Mm -hmm. it's like r slash mls is asking uh, Bart to say it again, and he said it's regulation regulation size pitch, but it's NYCFC. Yeah, so and then they're all reacting to that. So I was like, "What does that mean?" So I learned something. Yeah, well, that we're going to get into that in the second part of the show because I'm going to talk about the history of, of, of soccer pitches and all that. Yeah, but um, uh, and oh, I guess like one last thing is Concacaf Champions League. We didn't touch on that at all. Um, last night Philly drew with. Atlas um, in Guadalajara. So Philly are through. They defeat Atlas wow. three to two. And um, LAFC are also through after convincingly defeating Vancouver, I think, uh, 6-0 on aggregate, I believe. I think it was 3-0 each game. Uh, so that means LAFC are going to play Philadelphia Union. There is a guaranteed MLS team in CONCACAF Champions League final. That's, um, that's awesome. As of recording this, there is still Leon to play, I think, Matagua. 
but I assume Leon are going to win that. So if Leon win that, then it's guaranteed Liga MX versus MLS CONCACAF Champions League final. So that is going to be pretty cool stuff. That's exciting. Um, yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Um, I, do, I don't want LAFC or Philly to win it, so I'm Liga MX rest of the way. <laughs> the other night when they were playing Atlas, I I was, I was texted Kevin. I was like, man, I didn't even realize... Like, Atlas had like a great opportunity. No, they scored. And I was like fist pumped. I was like, yes. And then I was like, wait, what am I doing? And then I looked down and I was like eating tacos and like cheering for Atlas. And I was like, <laughs> what am I, what am I fucking doing right now? It's <laughs> funny. Cause then on Twitter, um, one of the MLS talking head guys, uh, Matt Doyle, he had tweeted something about how he ordered a cheesesteak in solidarity with Philly. I was like, That's damn, I'm like so the exact, funny. exact opposite. <laughs> I was ordering a fucking tacos. But, you know. Um, yeah last thing i guess new fucking haircut i wrote it you did i'm sure you saw it you saw erling holland's viking braids i did i did what do you think what's the what's the thought you know it's interesting interesting it's a it seems uh, i mean he has long hair so it seems like a great way to kind of keep his locks under control for the play yeah um but it's interesting it seems like you're not a fan (laughs) of it you know, whatever. It's everybody has a, their own different hairstyles. We might find out that you know, soccer players have always had interesting hairstyles. We are in the we, third in the third listening. in the third segment today. We're we going to talk, talk about crazy soccer haircuts. Yeah. So, so it's very fitting. Um, it seems like well timed. We teed we teed up a lot of mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the next segments, which is kind of it's like we're learning how to do a show. It's <laughs> crazy. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. This was accidental, though. We discovered this article yeah. after um, it's after true. we had already done our. Yeah, Holland has a very unique look to begin with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he's just like such a giant dude, but then he's also like he looks young and old at the same time right it's, it's crazy yeah you're right that's like, a great way to describe him i feel like um he's like a he's got like the rocks kind of like physique but he looks like brendan gleason you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i don't know if that makes any sense yeah i'm not you know i'm not loving the braids look on him but to each his own it says he's channeling his inner viking you know i don't really know what that means i didn't know vikings had wore braids. braids i mean i know they had really long hair but i they must have braided. i don't I associate like they had beard braids yeah it's not their whole thing yeah but you know good for him all right um let's hit the first break and when we get back we got the big question and uh, we're gonna learn a little bit about the history of the pitch okay What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back. Hopefully that, uh, you know, six seconds away from us didn't scare you too much. Wasn't too bad. Uh, Welcome to the meat of the show. The meat. Segments five and six. The beef of the show. Starting with... People always say, where's the beef? It's right here. It's the year of the beef. It's the year of the beef, I've been told. (laughs) We are here. Uh, Amy's big question... Mm-hmm. I know everybody's always wanting to know what's Amy going to ask this week. Thought about it and I came up with, you know, a question or two. I got to say, I don't even know what it is. It's not in the rundown. It's not. It's not because, uh, you know, I wanted an on the spot, on the fly, real time reaction answer. So, Alexi. Yep. My big question this week is why... 
Do you love soccer? Oh, that's an interesting one. Why do I love soccer? Because, you know, I thought about it. I'm like, there's so many sports out there mm-hmm. to, a to watch, to play, to partake in, to play video games, to, you know. To experience. To experience. There's so many sports. Um, but there's just something different when you talk about soccer. So I wanted yeah. to know... Where does your love of soccer come well, from and and how did it grow? The reason that I like soccer is because it's uh, I think I've I've mentioned it before but there's not a lot of while there may be start and stop in the game there's not a lot of start and stop in terms of the flow, right? Like so I mean yeah, you'll have a match sometimes where it'll just be fucking nothing will get going and it doesn't flow and it's just dismal, but I like that there is a starting point at 0 there's a pause at 45 there's a a small break that's like always the same 15 minute break then there's start again and you play to the end to 90 and that's it i like that there's two distinct chunks of the game it's not too broken up there's no commercial breaks when you watch on tv and more importantly i like the improvisation factor of it Mm -hmm. that's why i really really gravitate to soccer and as a kid it was soccer and hockey were my favorite sports because you can design a shape or a structure that your team should play in and you can give your team the idea like what ideas they should be implementing yeah but at the end of the day like it's the players on the pitch who are like kind of creating their own you know story as as the game plays out like they're the ones deciding whether to push up whether to drop back whether to be wide whether to be narrow whether to pass whether to shoot whether to switch the play whether to keep it here whether to overlap whatever like you're the one deciding what's happening whether to take a player on whether to like retreat and pass the ball backwards and maintain possession like you are the one figuring out the style of the game Mm -hmm. and that's what makes it so cool is that everyone's style is so unique and it's all different like all these different it's about getting all these different players to to come together and create something. That's what I really like about it. To me, it's more like, it's more like jazz than it is Mm, like, yeah, you know, with American football, I was a fan of American football as a kid, but my favorite part about it was the coaching. I liked the coaching. I liked the kind of chess game, quote unquote, coming up with studying what their defense is doing, adjusting or like, you know, figuring out the best way to beat the other team. But that's just like all the players are just pawns. They're not they don't have brains. They just run into each other. You know, <laughs> that's why they die when they're like 40. It's because it's like, you know, that's just how that game is played. It took me a long time to understand that basketball is actually improvised pretty much as well, that there are sets, but there aren't plays, so to speak. There's right. inbound, there's like inbounds plays and yeah. stuff. But really, like you can start the play. And it's going to change pretty quickly because things just change and you have to like make reads and kind of figure stuff out with soccer. There's just shapes, Mm -hmm. you know, like people are in spaces and it creates shapes and patterns. And you basically just have to figure out the best place for you to be in that current moment Mm. or the best place for the ball to be in that current moment. And um, I think to me, like just the improvisation aspect yeah. is what's most important to me about it. 
That's beautiful. Yeah. What about you? Why do you like it? Because Tyler Adams' booty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, you know, th- maybe not the improvisation, but just the flow of it is kind of when I, you know, paid attention to soccer, which was really the for the first time, like this most recent World Cup. Um, that was the first time I watched so many matches in a row. And there is something to be said about the flow of it. You know, it's like a dance. And it's if you I feel like if you, you know, didn't have any sound and you were just like you could put some music on and just kind of like I know, you know, people like listening to the commentary and stuff, but you can watch it and it's almost like meditative or like hypnotizing you know yeah it definitely can and i have i will say after watching soccer a bit more over the last couple of months again i'm i'm still very much a a newbie and a casual to all of this but there is a notable difference between like the levels of of soccer you know and how they're played based on like you know regionally or what league it is um but overall there is a flow to it and i've never i mean i have watched hockey a little bit but i've i've never really seen anything like that because you know growing up the sport that was on most of the time in my house was american football right and it's yeah you you know it's it's a little more brutish (laughs) i mean another thing that's interesting to me about soccer is because it's so global you have so many different styles of play kind of going back to what i was talking about earlier about how there's different players and they all play different ways that even goes further than just the player himself or herself or the the player themselves like what they'd like to do sometimes culturally you're going to get more of a certain type of player in a certain place Right. right because of the history or the culture or whatever which that that's also really cool you know like it, it, I'm, it's always funny because, you know, even playing video games like, people, you know, if you're playing with someone who doesn't really know and you they just want to play with national teams, you can kind of give them like a kind of a primer. You can be like, oh, you want to play with Mexico? That's going to be they're going to be shorter dudes and they're going to be faster. Yeah. If you want to play with Japan, they're also going to be like a little shorter and smaller, but they're fast and they're quick. Yeah. And they're smart. But if you want to play with like, I don't know, the Russian team, like they're not there might have a couple quick guys, but it's mostly going to be kind of like plotting dudes. And it's like kind of a brute sort of, you know, there's some skill obviously, but yeah. historically it's just kind of like athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to play with England, it's like a long ball. Like there's just Brazil. It's going to be creativity and flair. Yeah. And like, there's going to be a lot of, you know, movement around the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just different. I like how there's different styles from country to country. Yeah. And, uh, from even from club to club like different teams are known for doing different things uh yeah i just like the the variety and the the improvisation in in the game like i think it's cool you know makes sense um whereas like american football it's great but only one country plays it (laughs) so it's like kind of lame (laughs) like yeah i mean another thing about soccer that i just thought of like it seems very accessible to, to play you know, yeah. really all you need is like somewhere that you have space and a ball, you know. Yeah. You don't and even need a, a ball sometimes. I mean, yeah, you just kick something like that a, you can kick around, a you thing, know. Anything, a water so bottle. I, I think that's, you know, that's a cool thing about it too is like 
it is global it is accessible um and there's something about that that kind of feels like it you know can bring people together so yeah for me also like you know it's funny that you bring that up because part of the the accessibility of it really is part of it too because i would argue there was a period as a kid where hockey was my number one sport over soccer but it was impossible the least accessible it was impossible especially in florida it was like impossible to play hockey like i remember i had i would get i had roller roller blades and i my parents got me a hockey stick and then i had like tennis balls and that's what i would start as but then i had a friend in the neighborhood and they wanted to play hockey as well and so then i remember we like scrounged up money and like got like went to this secondhand sports store Mm -hmm. and bought like the leg pads and then we bought like other stuff for like a catcher because that's all they had so it was like a catcher's mask and a (laughs) catcher's chest protector and a baseball glove made our own little goalie shit but it's like even doing stuff like that like that's so much more effort than just like you mark up like a random little patch of grass or or even street and say hey this is one goal that's the other goal don't go past this don't go past that and they start kicking a ball people show up Right. Like you don't have to have, you don't have to have equipment. You don't have to have, you know, gear. Like you don't have to have a certain like outfit or shoes. It's like, you just have to have yourself. And and it's, it's awesome because it it really does like foster connections and community because the sport is all about communication. Like you can't play soccer without talking. You have to talk. If you don't talk on the field, everyone's lost and no one knows what anyone's doing. Mm. Like you have to communicate and this is why Americans are such fucking idiots when you play with them a lot. No offense. But like, it's true. When you play with Americans, sometimes like they'll get mad at you for talking to them or like they'll be like, don't yell at me. It's like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm communicating to you and you can communicate back to me. That's what soccer is. If you're not, if you're on the pitch and you're not communicating, you're a shit player. <laughs> That's just facts. Like it is. It's just true. Yeah. Like it shouldn't be like a library out there. It should be like a fucking like a rowdy bar like everyone should be yelling all the time Mm -hmm. because if you're not you're not communicating you know and if you're not communicating you don't know how you're supposed to read someone's mind unless you've played with them for like five ten years then like maybe you can just a look will do it you know yeah but if it's the first time playing you have to talk yeah um and you know another thing soccer in america is really weird too because you know i've mentioned this before but when you play in like random little pickup games where there's like you know where it's just completely random where it's like hey we're gonna use our sweaters as a goal and we're gonna just kick a ball around and whatever those are the games where it's not a lot of usually it's not a lot of americans in those like those that brings everybody but when americans want to get together and play pickup it's like uh okay derek shall we meet at the park at 7 a.m with our foldable goals and don't forget to bring your shin guards and the the bibs and maybe we should have a a hire a referee and then we'll we'll sprint afterwards and do it's like do a routine it's like shut the fuck up just play the fucking game dude like it's that that's like legit my experience a lot at least playing yeah when you play with people who are either like first or second generation non-american it's way more enjoyable usually Hmm. unless the americans have played at a certain level and then you're sure unless they understand yeah it's like uh it's if you know you know type thing Mm -hmm. um speaking of you know using random little markings and creating your own field and playing yeah it's a good little segue into the history lesson Mm -hmm. we're talking about the pitch 
Oh, nice. We're talking about the pitch. The pitch. Yeah. Are we trying to... Uh, is this Shark Tank? Because we're talking about the pitch. <laughs> we're doing it. Um, tell me, what, what do you know about, about the soccer field, the pitch? You know you anything know, about it? I don't know much. Now that I'm thinking... Like, I don't even know... I don't even know the measurements, which yeah. is crazy. Like, I'm, I'm really out here not knowing. Yeah. You know? I know there's... Um, it's funny to me that that's the first thing you think of because the measurements are vague. You're right. They're, oh, they're okay. You know, I know that there's like the midfield line and then I, but I don't know what you call it. Like the sort of circle around the goal, um, the box. Yeah, the box. Right? Yeah. Uh, but that's, you know, that's, a, that's about that's it. About that's it. about all I know. So, so, you know, there's two goals. Yes, there's two goals. There's a, you know. A, a middle mid, of the field marker with the center circle. Yeah, and then, but I don't know what the center circle is necessarily Cent- for. Oh, okay, well, the center circle is that's where you know the kickoff happens in the middle, and sure. you're just not allowed to be inside that center circle when the kickoff happens. Oh, okay. Um, and then I know that there's like the the box. Right. So the box is comprised of there's two boxes. There's the smaller one, which is the goalkeeper area, the six yard box, mm-hmm. and then there's a larger box, which is 18 yards. It's the 18 yard box. It's just called the box, the penalty box. Mm-hmm. Um, at 12 yards, there's a spot, which is the penalty spot. That's where when there's a penalty kick, you put the ball there. Right. And then at the top of the 18 yard box is a like an arc, penalty arc, it's called the D. So the D is at the top of the box. Okay. <laughs> and then there's a spot. All right. There's a spot. And then there's a six yard box. Got it. Um, and then so, I know there's like the parameters of the field, like, you right. know, the sidelines, the corner. I Exactly. I yeah. Yeah. There's there's corners and corner flags and all that. Yep. But um, it wasn't always like that. There weren't always markings on the on the field. It's not like it just soccer started and suddenly there was a there field. Were, there were they were just there. Yeah. When it started there were no markings. Mm-hmm. And it was just an open patch of public land where right. they would get together and go, "Oh, we know that that grass is open. Let's go play there." And sometimes, depending on what park they were in or where they were, sometimes there were fences, sometimes there were posts. Um, but usually it, the players kind of had to guess the boundaries and the dimensions of the field. So you'd be like, again, it's kind of like if you played random pickup, it would be like, oh yeah, you guys know that when we play at this park, that's the boundary. Like don't right. go past it. And then, you know, be like, Hey man, you, you went past that tree. Oh, I thought we were playing the other tree. <laughs> no, like you've, we've played here like three times, you know, it's that tree. It's our ball. Um, so players would have to be guessing the dimensions of the field, but basically the games would be in public parks, uh, wherever there was land. And sometimes these games would get shut down, like, you know, either the police would come or like the the government would be like, you can't play in this park. Um, and, you know, because there were no boundaries and there was nothing, sometimes people would lo- walk through the game on accident <laughs> because like, cause, like, <laughs> like you don't sense. know it's You're a public, a public, public park. park. So people aren't sure what's happening. Um, but basically this soccer craze was sweeping the country. This was in England. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it started to get more and more popular and they're like, well, you know, rugby teams are playing at their own grounds we should be playing on private land as well so then they kind of started to move to private land um, as popularity increased and um you know one club preston north end who were the first invincibles remember how i told you arsenal in 2004 preston north end were the other team that was that didn't lose a a match Mm -hmm. um they moved uh to some private land they moved to an old farm 
because they were like, oh, it'll be ours. But it turns out because it was an old farm, the grass was like terrible and the pitch was awful. So they had a lot of things that they had to work around. But they, they did have their own private thing, which was pretty cool. Um, in 1882, so this is like the 1800s we're kind of talking about. In 1882, finally, they were like, okay, you know, we need to come up with some sort of like border lines and stuff and pitch regulations. So in 1882, they introduced the idea of like putting flags around, I think, to make mm-hmm. borders. And then a few years later, they introduced the center circle to put in the middle of the field. So you know where the middle was. Um, by 1898, you'll see I included a link here. In 1898, um, that's when the association, the FA, they put the, the I think, no, because there was no FA at that time. This was just, I guess, I don't know who made this, but in 1898, this document was made to kind of tell you what the concept of a soccer field looks like. So they showed okay. the touchline, the goal line, the corner flags, uh, the goal. And then instead of having like, you know, the boxes, I think they just had a mark for the kickoff and a mark for the penalty line. Obviously, things changed. Um, but as you'll see in this thing, you can see how they have the players lined up. Two at the back, three in the middle, and five up top, mm-hmm. which goes back to the, how they used to do the formations. They used to do two, three, fives, which was a really weird formation. Um, to answer some of your questions about the length and the width, so you can see it says here the touch line is 120 yards and the goal line is 80 yards. So that would mean 120 yards long, 80 yards wide got it um that was kind of what what they were working with um around this time then this era there's like a 20 year stretch maybe from like the from 1890 or something like that to 1910 that's when they started constructing stadiums um and they were like you know we're gonna build stadiums for our you know teams to play in so we're not playing anymore on the public land so specific we're, soccer stadiums yeah we're not stadiums. we're not playing anymore at like a farm whatever mm-hmm. like we're actually going to build a stadium and so a lot of these teams started building their stadiums but they were building them in city centers or in like central locations okay. and so what ended up happening was you know as popularity would grow they were like oh fuck we need more seats it's like well we can't really expand more because we're in we're already the middle boxed of ourselves the city in. Years. Right. Okay. So um, that was a thing that was happening. And, I, you know, it's kind of still happening to this day, I would say. And I'm less like it's it's hard to find land sometimes like to yeah. to get a stadium built, especially like, you know, we're in New York. Right. So in New York City, NYCFC, for example, play split their time between Connecticut, two baseball fields and their rival stadium because they don't have anywhere to fucking play like they play. Connecticut. I didn't know. They yeah, played. they play some matches in Hartford. Oh, wow. Um, but like it's it's kind of tough and i you know i sympathize with that um if we go back to this little thing that i was saying 120 yards long 80 yards wide uh you know that again was the was what this document said or what was the advisable thing but that didn't mean that every pitch was the same size and and still to this day they're really not the same size it's it's almost a range that's given that makes it like a eligible pitch so different organizations do it differently but i think that the accepted lengths of a pitch are anywhere from 100 to 130 yards so it can you know it's a 30 yard difference yeah and width can be anywhere from 50 to 100 yards so some can be really narrow some can be really wide obviously if you're those are just kind of the 
ballpark figures. Right. If you're playing in like a established league, like, you know, MLS or some shit, they have slightly less leeway when it comes to like those. Like you I would can't, hope so because that, that yeah. would be difficult. Like, you know. Well, yeah. And like that's, 30 yards, that's 50 yards. That's that's a big difference if you're used to practicing or playing right in a certain size that could really throw everything off well, I and, would and, imagine. It, and it does and it, i mean to some extent it does because i think like for example new york city right they mm-hmm. play their field is a little bit skinnier than most so it's 110 yards long and 70 yards wide because it has to fit into yeah so you could like over kick right well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're. It's it's not even that you would overplay the ball. It's that everyone's closer together. Oh, true. So it's weirder. Like yeah. you're like, damn, we're used it to like. It messes with the flow. It messes with the space. It messes yeah. with the flow. So, 2023 um, MLS competition guidelines state that the playing field will be at a minimum 70 yards wide by 110 yards long. Okay. So they have the smallest pitch. They possible. in in the league, yeah. yeah, the smallest pitch possible, and you know all that's to say, like it's not like it's a crazy difference. Yeah, at the professional level, it does make a difference, but sure. it's it's only like five yards. It's like Red Bull Arena, I think, is like seventy five yards yeah. wide instead of seventy, right? So it's uh th- these things, yes, they're important, but uh you know at the end of the day. It's just a few yards. It doesn't... I don't really believe it makes a difference. It's fun to roast them about it. Yeah. You know, I love roasting <laughs> OICFC about it. But uh, that's just, uh, it's just... It's just one of those things. Um, back to the early 1900s, right? So we got pitch regulations kind of in order. We're getting borderlines introduced. Teams are starting to build all their stadiums, right? Uh, popularity is surging. And because the game is so popular... Uh, overcrowding is starting to happen in all these games. People want to come watch these matches, but there's no set um, standard for like how many people are technically allowed in this stadium. So the more you pack, you're like, whoa, that's crazy. We had X amount of people interested today. Mm. Um, all that ends up coming to a head in 1902 in Glasgow. Uh, there is a the first recorded stadium disaster uh, is either Ibrox or Ibrox. I don't really know how to say it. I B R O X. Uh, basically, it's an overcrowding disaster. 25 dead, 500 injured. Um, and from there, it was sort of like, you know, let's try to start figuring out um, how to keep people safer at these games. I think they started introducing, like, you know, actual gates, maybe. I don't really know what steps they were taking, but it, it definitely made people think, whoa. We need to think when we're constructing these stadiums. We can't just be letting everyone yeah. in willy-nilly. Um, football historian David Goldblatt wrote the... I'm going to... I, I should have looked up how to say it. I'm going to say Ibrox. But the Ibrox disaster was driven by a combination of enormous crowds and a commercialism that sanctioned underinvestment in shoddy infrastructure. So basically what happened was parts of a stand collapsed because there was too many people on it. So then everything collapsed and... It was a whole whole thing. Um, having said that, you know, all these stadiums kept developing and um, pretty much at that starting, like as we get through the 20th century, teams are starting to all have their own stadiums. Mm. So by the time we get to the 60s, everyone's got stadiums if you're like a serious club. Yeah. And um, they're good. 
and they're all using natural grass. Uh, they start to make them more advanced as the 60s hit. Uh, they start adding things like drainage. They start regularly lighting the fields and they start uh, watering the pitches. They start to maintain all of the grass to make sure it's growing right. And the first place to add a pretty advanced, you know, technique, I would say, is undersoil heating. That was in Goodison Park, where oh. Ever that's Everton's stadium. Okay. Everton still play at Goodison Park. Obviously, it's had a lot of, you know, sure. uh, construction. But they add this undersoil heating, right? So that way... At, in the winter when it gets cold you can just thaw the pitch out and you can still play so you're so they put down all this wire and cable and stuff underneath the pitch to it's like in a bathroom right you ever seen those that, videos on tiktok yeah of course but i mean you said this was in the 60s this was i think 59 or 60 wow. so they put all this stuff down and then it turns out that because they thaw the pitch the drainage system can't handle all this extra water oh, no. so then they had to rip up the drainage system put in new drainage either way very uh, innovative though it ended up becoming time, i think one of the yeah I, I assume this was like probably at the time the most technologically advanced place um some you know th again this was all natural grass but in the 60s there was innovation happening in the grass game in america where they were starting to introduce artificial turf it was in the astrodome that was the first place that they introduced what they called first gen artificial turf mm -hmm. um obviously it was not not great i don't think but either way it didn't get to england until the 80s in 1980 second gen artificial turf had made its way to england and um you know this this wasn't the only turf in England because J.K. Rowling was was there, but the, the this is a a hand a handful of clubs had turf put in and they were like we're gonna use it. I I don't know how well it or poorly it went. Yeah, I was wondering how it was received. You know, um, I, I imagine there's a massive difference in play. Yeah, when they're you're used to playing on grass. Yeah, so I'll tell you how it was received. Basically. In 1995, the UK uh, outlawed it, or like the I, I think the maybe the football association outlawed it. I'm not really sure, but it became illegal like, to no. have it because it was an unfair advantage to home teams. Because yeah. it was like you're used to how the ball bounces on this; the other teams aren't. Um, basically, they they outlawed it until further notice. Um, to rewind a bit, that was 1995. Um, stadiums, though, still like even though they were getting more advanced and mm -hmm. stuff the fans were there was still overcrowding people yeah. were still pushing in and getting mm -hmm. in and one of the main reasons was because there were standing room only terraces uh, of course in 1989 uh, the hillsborough disaster happens i think it's liverpool versus nottingham forest i think the way the story goes is there was a lot of giant crowd outside of the gates and so they wanted to ease that crowd, so they opened one of the gates, and people just started rushing in yeah. and uh, crushed a bunch of people. So 97 dead, 760-something injured. Uh, and at that point, there was a lot of like investigation into it, and a lot, it became a big thing. And pretty much the rule, big rule that came out of this was uh, all Cedar Stadiums, standing room only, sections are eliminated. And uh, since then, it's been it's yeah. been chill. You know, not an, there hasn't been another Hillsborough, which is great. Yeah, um, terrible. And I will say, like, all of this research is very England centric. I th 
I didn't have in my 25 minutes of research. I did not dig deep into like South America or Africa. Yeah. But I'm sure that specifically in South America, it's the development is really, really interesting because I'm sure you've seen like those, you know, uh, videos of like spectators like s- just cr- climbed all the way up on top of a giant fence like w- yeah. waving their shirts around and you're like you're like a hundred feet up in the uh, air like so what are you doing scary. wouldn't be me up there yeah um at some point we'll do a thing about stadiums and then i'll get into more s- into south america because yeah. they have some really incredible stadiums like historic things and the fans really go crazy it's kind of nuts but either way back to 95 um the uk they they outlawed outlaw artificial turf in the UK because of its unfair advantage to home teams, and at that point everyone's kind of going back to grass. But in two thousand one, FIFA and UEFA start working on standards for turf, right? So mm-hmm. FIFA, global governing body, UEFA, the European soccer governing body, they're like, okay, well, it, we need to figure something out with turf because teams are going to want to use it. Yeah. And teams in smaller at smaller levels are installing it, so we just need to figure something out. Um, so they work on all these standards, whatever. In 2010, fourth gen turf is introduced, which is a mix of like natural and artificial turf, um, natural grass and artificial yeah. turf. So this took me deep into a rabbit hole of like um, what's it called, uh, like turf management and like like yeah. landscaping. And I was like, I don't want to to discuss all the different types of grasses that exist. <laughs> That's just not me. Um, so basically, I kind of fast forward to fast forwarded to that um, to to now, where FIFA. You know, I'm sure you saw the stories when they were picking venues for the World Cup to be in America 2026. They were talking about, hey, you need to have natural grass, or you need to have a plan to put down natural grass to play right. on. So FIFA still like for all of their sanctioned tournaments. I think it. It's must be natural grass. Uh, so, you know, I think Seattle, for example, they have a artificial turf, mm-hmm. but they're going to have to figure out a plan to put down natural grass, at least for those games, because oh. they're not going to be allowed to have the, the World Cup cannot happen on turf. Right. Um, it wasn't always that way for everyone, because women actually were allowed to play on turf. As a matter of fact, 2023 is going to be the first Women's World Cup where they actually are playing on natural grass. FIFA's stance was always like, it must be natural grass, except for the Women's World Cup. (laughs) That can be on turf. Well, I recently, I don't know if this is in this lesson at all, but um, I recently saw something about how toxic... Oh, those little black pebbles? Artificial grasses. Yeah, the little black pebbles that pop up. I've read stories about those being, you know, well, they car- also, carcinogens or whatever. Yeah, they contain, like, the plastics in them contain PFAs, which are, they're called, like, forever chemicals. And they're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're really terrible and toxic. And yeah. there was concerns about, you know, people who've played on turf over and over, you know, having, like, skin contact or, like, yeah. their face falling. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Hopefully they uh, figure something out because that seems dangerous. Yeah, I mean it's a uh, it's it's a whole thing. I um I was lucky enough to grow up in Florida where you could play on natural grass. I feel like if you grew up up north, it was always turf all the time. Yeah. And now like 
places will put down turf if, just if they have money because it's maybe easier to maintain. Yeah. But all the pitches I grew up playing on were grass until probably probably until I moved to Portland. So really like my entire life mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, but yeah, FIFA, uh, this is the first time that they're not allowing artificial fields. Um, this is going to be the 2023 Women's World Cup. Uh, it's I guess it's because there was a gender discrimination case that was launched over their use of turf fields. Um, but but I mean, yeah, that's that's cool. It's progress. Uh, apparently, also Qatar, when they needed to make grass happen, <laughs> they <laughs> used American grass. Yeah. Right? How did so, this how did this go down? Did no they just idea. fly in a bunch of like those? What are they called? Like the rolled up res- yeah <laughs> no i think that they they actually grew it um oh. i think that they it says that they i guess got american grass seed which was some sort of it was developed by a georgia-based company mm. and uh they grew grass from these seeds that they bought uh yeah i mean that's what they're, that's what's going to happen in 2026 and a lot of fields that they're mm-hmm. using i guess they're going to be growing their own grass i, I have no idea interesting. it's very and i bizarre. guess if there's enough time to do it you know grow your own grass yeah and i didn't expect this to turn into like a grass thing at the end but it kind of did um i know we did talk about stadiums and i do want to talk about stadiums at some point because that is a whole other can of worms yeah um just because there's so many cool unique stadiums and there's so much innovation and development that's happened in soccer stadiums even just in the last like 10 or 15 years stuff's gone crazy yeah um so and especially like when the world cup comes to a country they have to build all these new stadiums sometimes like south africa is a great example of that um so you know there'll be a lot to talk about stadiums we'll we'll have to do that some other time yeah well no this was this was strictly the pitch just the pitch just the pitch um what do you think it's interesting i mean you know something that seems to be pretty consistent with these lessons these these little history lessons um is it usually takes them a bit of time to figure things out but it's like once they do the rules kind of stick around yeah. like the formation or like the setup of the pitch hasn't changed that much since this little graph came out and what what was that 18 yeah 1898 eight, 1898 so that's really cool you know i mean the game the pitch hasn't changed too much yeah it hasn't changed yet i'm waiting for the day they introduce the the, the t- double goal spot double goal hot spot <laughs> double goal brought to you by continental tire oh no we don't oh, need no, that. Shit like that we don't need that the seven up double goal hot spot when the seven up red dot appears if you score from there you get twice the points oh yeah hell yeah we're laughing now and when the, then when that really happens i'll be like i'll, I'll be shake my fist to the sky and of course curse the soccer don of course. I'm like, damn it, soccer Don. <laughs> Why you do this to me? Um, all right. Well, Amy, should we uh, take a quick break before we come back for the uh, the, uh, the hair 11, as we were the calling it? The hair them? 11. Let's it's, do it. It's a hairy situation after the break, but I think we'll get through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Uh, we got the pop 11 on deck, as is as is always for the third yeah, segment, as the fun is, one. we are we are prone to do. Fun. 
Uh, people know us for the doing this Pop 11 thing. Yeah. And by people, I mean uh, producer Chris over here. <laughs> he, he's This is always his favorite segment. So yeah. every single time that uh, we do it, he's got thoughts. And sometimes he helps him out, helps out with the... Uh, with the actual planning of this thing. It does take some planning. This time, I don't think he was around when we planned this, so no. this is going to be brand new. Surprise, Chris. Surprise, Chris. Hope you like what we did. Yeah, he's, he's loving it over there. He's <laughs> fucking cracking up. Um, all right, I'll kick it off with the owner of the club. He could very well have played in the midfield for this team, but he owns a team in the current day and age, so I felt like it makes sense to make him the owner. Yeah. You guys know who it is. We're talking about hairstyles. It's got to be David Beckham, but it's specifically cornrow era David Beckham. <laughs> cornrow era David Beckham what was a, time. a was a very very interesting type of uh, type of era for him. I remember when he had those cornrows, and I was just like, "Well, this is this is this is interesting." You know, yeah. it's like a I don't know what's that called um, appropriation. Appropriation. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, is you it know, was back, it appropriation or no? I feel like back then, I mean, yes, like cornrows is not a a white hairstyle, you know. Yeah. Um. But I feel like back then, I don't think we talked about appropriation, you know, the way that we do now. Not yeah. that that makes it, you know, right. But you know, also, as we were doing research for this, there were quite a few white players that did the cornrows at, oh. at one time or another. So it's definitely a thing. I mean, people were happens. really were really out here, you know. Sure. Um, it says uh, he he got them done after a glass of wine in France. Oh I don't God. know how true what? that is. I don't know how true that is. But That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you know he. Uh, He's a legend, you know, and I think he's been on the team before. Actually, he's owned he owned our all tattoo team. I'm pretty sure. I believe he did. Yeah, yeah. that was a. Uh, I think that was the first one. Yeah, that David Beckham. One. He keeps getting. He just keeps. He just keeps getting mentions on the Calling All Casual show. Well, you know, he is he is integral to the the soccer world. That's right. Um, this other this next player is uh, actually a coach. He's he's a coach. I'll let you introduce yeah. him, but I'm going to preface it real quick saying. He didn't coach that much, but we were like, oh, he's, he's an older guy. He, people respect him. He'd make a good coach. Yeah. So this is uh, our coach is Sir Bobby Charlton. Don't forget the sir. <laughs> Never. Don't forget the sir. And, you know, it's like uh, we're not here to to judge one's hairstyle or choice of look. Um but after seeing photos, I just, I couldn't pass up adding him to this list. He was infamous for his comb over. Yeah. And it was quite long. And, you know, obviously you're running around the pitch. The wind is blowing. So it was just completely out of control on the other side of his head. Yeah. Oftentimes. When, when he's like, when he's like got it all settled and in the photos, fine. it looks fine. But when he's running, it's a, it's a floppy mop. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so my, my question to that is like, why not just let it go? <laughs> but you know what? Yeah. That was his thing. He liked it. And if he would have let it go, he wouldn't be on our list today. So That's true. Thank you, sir. Shout out, Sir Bobby Charlton, the legend. All right, let's get into the actual starting 11 here. Um, I'm going to kick it off with uh let's let's just start it at that the goalkeeper position. We so it was kind of tough to find a goalkeeper with a 
haircut that was like out of the ordinary. Yeah. I considered um, Renee Iguita from Colombia, but mostly his haircut wasn't all that crazy. It was just like he had long hair and it was the 80s, so it was had volume. So yeah. 80s, 90s, whatever. So um, instead, you discovered this guy. His right. name is uh, Robert Kidiaba, and he's Congolese. And to be fair, I don't even know if his hair is what people know him for. It's mostly his crazy celebration where, like, he yeah. kind of jump. He sits down on his butt and like jumps around on it. Yeah, he's like hopping. Hop. It's like a, something a toddler would do. Almost. Yeah, like it's but his haircut is pretty wild. I mean, I looked at it and I called it like an onion. I said it looked like an onion, you know, because he's yeah. got his, he's got like a little little. His, 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 it's bald or shaved all over and then at the top like the crown of his head the crown of his head it grows out really long and he has it all bunched up and uh like in a big old ponytail at the top yeah. of his head i think some i one article described it as, as something from mortal Kombat, <laughs> and yeah. i you know i could totally see that look in mortal Kombat. so yeah robert kiziaba the goalkeeper yeah. in the hair 11 hair 11 <laughs> i like it <laughs> um all right let's uh let's get to our defensive line um yeah why don't first you want to we got a Taribo west shout out Taribo west if you if you remember in the first segment if you were like oh the hair 11 are coming you probably knew Taribo west is going to be on here yeah and you know i like players that uh or, you know, could be anybody. But I like when people, like, use their hair as an accessory, you know, a mm-hmm. form of expression. So this one picture we have pulled up, he's got his, um, his braids are green. So he's dyed them green. And they're, like, tied up in a way. They almost look like little trees all over yeah, his head. It's yeah. pretty cool. I remember, like, when I first saw him play like this, I was like, wait, who is this guy with the trees on his head? And that's the only <laughs> reason I even knew his name. I mean, you got to stand out somehow, right? I mean, he did a he did a great job. They look really cool. Yeah. Would you rock a hairstyle like that if you could? Um, I have rocked various different colors and hairstyles in my day. You ever had green? Um, Did I have green? I had green when I was, like, 15 or 16. Oh, damn. Yeah, I had, like, green hair and blue hair. I've had red hair, pink hair. I've had short, long, all kinds of hair. So, yeah, sure, why not? Maybe I should dye my hair green. <laughs> See what happens. Um, alongside Tariba West on the back line, we got um, this guy, Javier Pinola. Javier Pinola was the last addition to our team because it was tough to find, like, I guess I've said it before for the tattoos and for all that stuff strikers are always the more flamboyant players so they always have the crazier looks yeah um it was hard to find defenders who had like weird hair or like iconic hair yeah so we pulled up this guy javier pinola um his hair is like it's like a faux hawk but the thing is he's balding like pretty heavily balding on top of his head so he kind of pulls a little bit it's almost like a comb over faux hawk like you would take the 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 hair you would take to normally comb over you just prop it up like a little faux hawk so you know if you're talking to him face to face it just looks like a thin little weird faux hawk but if you see it you know from the soccer camera angles from up top it looks 
bizarre. Yeah, it it almost looks like he has a combination of like three different hairstyles going on. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, when you have a combination of three, do you really have one at all? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Probably not. I'm not sure. So Javier Pinola and Taribo West out here. All right. Two of our three on the back line. And to finish, to round out the back line, we have Abel Javier. I hope I'm saying his name right. Mm-hmm. Um, the man of the, the man of many hairstyles. I believe he is a Portuguese player, and yeah, we threw him on here because he has amazing hair, um, but has rocked several different hairstyles throughout the years. And most recently, I guess, or like one of the older photos of him is he has a like his hair up in a mohawk down the middle, and then braids on the rest of it and it's bleach blonde and then he also has bleached sideburns and a bleached beard so he stands out I mean, <laughs> he's got I, a lot going on he used to i guess he played for la galaxy in 2007 and 2008 because uh, there's i found a few photos of him, of him playing for um los angeles galaxy and the craziest thing to me about his hairstyles is like it's just how much hair the guy has. He has a ton of hair. It's insane. The volume is wild. That's what I'm saying. He he has a, an amazing head of hair. It looks like he's got a hay bale rested on his head. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, some of these photos of him, depending on how he's styled it, you know, because he did the bleach at one point, mm-hmm. he's kind of got a Guy Ferrari look going on. Yeah, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit. And, you know, he played with David Beckham, so... That's like two hair legends on one team, yeah. which is insane. That's yeah. back in the day when the Galaxy were, were good. Not uh, <clears throat> not now when they're... What was that meme? It was the History Channel? What do the History Channel and Comedy Central have in common? Yeah, and it was LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy. Um, the captain of our team, y'all, y'all probably already knew it when we said it's the hair 11. Had to put He's in on. the midfield. It's our boy, Carlos Valderrama. He's the fucking man, bro. Carlos Valderrama was with the first... Uh, player I remember in MLS ever as a kid because he was so recognizable because of his giant mane of hair. If you go to our Twitter account, Calling Casuals, you'll see he's our um, our banner across yeah. the screen. It's Carlos Valderrama. I'm like jealous of his hair. He has the most luscious locks, like just incredible curls, so much volume. He's a beast. It's amazing. And you know what's funny is like when we... Uh, we have a, a, a doc where we put all the links so we have stuff to look at, right? Most of these are usually like random articles from the Daily Mail or the Sun or yeah. like some like real trash or whatever. But uh, this or like some random blogs. This one is a blog called manlycurls.com. So this this is how good his hair is, is that the yeah. article is on a website about hair. It's not about soccer. It's oh, about yeah. hair. <laughs> yeah. Which is uh, insane. But Man's got the hair for sure. Shout out to Carlos Valderrama. What a beast. Shout out. Um, all right. Up next, we have Paul Pogba. And uh, kind of like, kind of like the one before Abel Xavier or Javier. Um, he's just had many different hairstyles. I think you put him on this list specifically mentioning his cheetah. Yeah, I mentioned cheetah look. I mentioned his little cheetah look, but in reality, the reason I didn't link anything in the doc is because Paul Pogba is just a like so many there's different so many expressive different. hairstyles yeah. to him like you said it's like an accessory right like he does something cool with his hair all the time like he's had his name shaved on the side before he's had different colors yeah honestly for me paul pogba is probably 
my favorite hairstyle of everyone on this entire on this lineup but uh yeah i mean he's got just a lot of incredible hairstyles if you just google paul pogba hair he'll be on there and he also you know great fashion sense as well when we Mm -hmm. do our fashion 11 who knows maybe he'll he'll be there because you know he's a beast yeah now playing wise things have been a little rocky for the last couple years but you know what that's at least he looks good soccer is not about playing soccer (laughs) no it's about looking good all right well he's got that covered if you look good you feel good if you feel good you play good there you go unless you're unless you're paul pogba i guess (laughs) um also in the midfield we got uh this is a, like another attacking player but whatever this one's more about hair anyways you already know the legend Robbie Baggio Roberto Baggio the mm. legend man the the divine ponytail himself <laughs> this you know he may have missed the penalty that lost Italy the World Cup but it doesn't matter cuz he won the hair 11 He's out here doing the damn thing. Describe a little bit Roberto Baggio's divine ponytail. Well, where do I begin? Um, You know, it's kind of like a mullet situation where it's like business in the front, party in the back. Because he has a pretty normal haircut if you're just head on straight facing him. But in the back, he has this incredibly thick, long, curly ponytail. That's right. It is long. He has long hair. But it's I mean, only on the back. It's way down, like past his. It pa- it's past, like past his shoulders. shoulders. It's past his shoulders, and the yeah. thing is, this photo that I pulled up is like of him later. Like obviously he's older. This isn't when he was playing in the '90s, and he still had that hair. So this I, is like that was his style of hair for a minute. Yeah, like he, I was about to say I respect the commitment to the yeah. look. You know, like that was that was his signature look. <laughs> he was like one of those players where you know now he doesn't have that but like if he had been around during the social media era i think he would have been like obviously even more famous than he is now but like he he was like a a kind of a like a talisman like people really really loved Mm -hmm. roberto baggio like i remember even one of the early video games that i would play on on the on the internet there was like a flash game called robbie baggio magical kicks (laughs) and basically you were just taking free kicks as Roberto Baggio and the lot the wall was always lined up in a different place and you were lined up in a different place and your goal was to try to bend the ball around the wall and pass the goalie okay literally I would play Robbie Baggio magical kicks like for hours that's it's hilarious so so cool but um yeah he's a he's a classic classic figure yeah all right and uh last for our midfield we have Joe Cole Joe Cole um, for me, I never thought of him as like a hair guy until I saw this crazy haircut that he got one time. Yeah, he has, um, it's, I, I'm trying to describe it. He has like a pretty much a shaved head, very, very closely shaved, except one strip that starts at the front like side and runs all the way back along his head and in the very back it's a J. It's cut out like a J, and he's dyed it red. Yeah. So from the front, it just kind of looks like he has a red stripe, but in the back, you can see that it's styled as a J. Well, the craziest part about it is <laughs> when you look at it from the front, it, it it looks very much like a like a weird mistake because it's almost like a very thin it's mo. It's like a very thin mohawk just pushed to the left. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, 
this guy looks like dangerous or on drugs or something. And then no, it's very punk. When you see it from up top, you're like, oh, it's supposed to be a J. Like yeah. I, that's how he planned it. Uh, does not come across. Does not come across that way. I'll it, tell you what. Also, it. I mean, I don't know that I would have said it known it was a j because it almost looks like a some kind of like musical like note or i don't know yeah yeah. some kind of symbol but anyway it's 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 interesting yeah i i don't know how long he kept that because i didn't even know that he had that ever um i don't know i i imagine that's something that he probably had and then kind of got rid of pretty quick because well he tried it yeah you know he went for it whatever um all right getting into our attack attacking uh third here we got we're gonna play three across the front here um all of these haircuts are absolute winners so i'm trying to decide which one i want to talk about i'm gonna i'm gonna pick my favorite because it's so cringy and hilarious Rodrigo Palacio, the rat tail god. Mm. Rodrigo Palacio with the off-centered rat tail. If you know anything about soccer hair, you know that Rodrigo Palacio has, in my opinion, the weirdest haircut ever in soccer history. Like, that is just the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Like, a rat tail, to start with, is a, a huge decision. Yeah. To put it off center and to make it so thin and so far up your head and then to... It, like, none of it makes sense. It's, it's, just, it's very, very bizarre. Yeah. Um, uh, here in the in the Daily Mail, they wrote, what was he thinking? His haircut looks like the result of a blind game of pin the donkey's tail. Oh, my says, goodness. Even shortage hipsters would think twice before trying something so alternative. <laughs> So shout out to a little uh, asymmetrical uh, rat tail. Yeah, over I there. mean, you wouldn't see it. I, I feel like you, the only reason why you really see it is because he's playing, so he's like running around and it's like flapping in the wind. But yeah. otherwise, you would just look at him and he looks like a regular, normal, like just basic haircut. Well, and I remember for the when I first saw him play, I remember it was some some World Cup. I think he was playing for Argentina, or yeah, I think it was for Argentina, and. Um, because I think that he is, he is. I wasn't sure if he was Argentinian or Uruguayan, but he was playing. And I always thought, because I, I believe he played for, for Milan or no, for Inter. He played mm-hmm. for Inter. And I'd known him from like video games and from maybe seeing some of that or pictures of him. And I'd always thought he was just like kind of a balding guy. I was like, yeah. oh, he's just like shaved head, balding, whatever. And then in one of these matches, like uh, there was like a replay or a, a close up of him and something like flicked behind him. And I was like, oh, what What's the fuck that? was that? What, what was that? <laughs> and like this was before like I could just go online and look show. So I don't know, whatever. It, eventually, like by the third time I saw him, I was like in slow motion. I was, Wait a second. This man has a rat tail. That is And then hilarious. it turned out it was an off centered rat tail, which is even crazier. Yeah, that's so pretty damn. wild. All right, Rodrigo, do your thing, bro. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up. I feel like I heard a story about this guy, so immediately thought of him. Had to add him to the list. Uh, you might have to help me with his name. I no. might mispronounce it. Gaiasi? Jossie. Jossie. Jossie Zardes. Jossie Zardes. Yeah. Um, he has bleached hair. And the reason why, I think it's such a sweet story. It's He dyed it so when he started playing, his grandma could recognize him on the pitch. Yeah. And he's just stuck with it. I guess he still wants to stand out and... I think that's a really heartfelt story. Yeah, he's 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 very very uh, known for his haircut. It's like almost like a 
it's almost like, like he kind of cuts the sides of it down too so it's almost like a bigger version of a mohawk in yeah a way. i don't know what that style is called but it's but it's basically thing I see instead of dyeing all of his hair bleached it's just like one big strip right yeah. down the middle and yeah like you said his grandma was like jassy i don't know which player you are on the pitch and he was like i'm gonna dye my hair blonde he's like all right grandma just look for the black dude with like super bright blonde hair that's me yeah and um you know that's him he's still showing up he's still popping up all over the pitch and yeah. consistently missing the net that's his whole thing. but at least you won't miss him that's right yeah now he's kind of regretting it he's like damn i wish like i wasn't so notice it wasn't so noticeable Maybe. how much i don't score um uh, rounding it off, we got Ronaldo, of course. It's iconic. 2002 World Cup, Ronaldo decided to cut off, uh, basically shave his head everywhere except the little, his lo- lobe, his frontal lobe, pretty much. <laughs> so he got like an anti-hair lobotomy. It's, so there's just like this little patch. Um, and uh, the reason behind it, I think, was because leading up to it, uh the media were all talking about, oh, Brazil, like Ronaldo's hurt. There's these injuries. And he was afraid it was causing distractions in the locker room or would be creating r- issues. So he said, you know what? Let me get the weirdest, stupidest haircut I can get. And that way they're going to talk about my dumbass haircut and they're going to stop talking about injuries and stuff. It turned out it worked. I love uh, it. They won I the World Cup in 2002. It. And I think he scored. He scored well, twice, I think. With that hair. Final. That's amazing. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was just insane. I, I love when there's a good story behind, you know, the madness. Because yeah. I first saw that picture and I'm like, what the hell is yeah. going on? What um, a legend. But um, yeah. The two that I will put in the honorable mentions, and you can speak to one of them. I know you saw one of them. Uh, but I'll say Wagner Love, CSK Moscow legend. Uh, he was known for having... Uh, long braids and they were always like he would always do different colors right so he would always do like bright blue or bright red and he always had beads in them too mm-hmm. like he had the coolest hair and he was a CSK Moscow legend he was always like when we had our kind of golden era in the 2000s he was um just out here scoring like left and right and he was just a, a really really brilliant player and then a former Arsenal man Gervinho I know you saw the pictures of Gervinho. I don't, yeah. I, you can describe what, oh, what you're thinking it's, on that one. It's a little tough to describe. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he had braids and they were parted in the middle and like held very close to his head. But then he wore a headband that was very low, like basically just right above his ears, right above his eyebrows. It was a big fat headband like, too. Right, like a thick one that just really held his hair down but you know his hairline was receding too it's so, so it's like far back. There, there's like just so much forehead between the thin little headband and his hairline yeah um no but the thing I is saw- the, head, the headband's not even thin a lot of the time a lot because as he got older he started wearing a thicker headband and there well, was that's still probably, there was still yeah, room he, he was probably trying to like kind of cover up yeah, a little bit but um i think i saw one website describe it as looking like a squid turned upside down and i can't get that image out of my head now it's you know it's a it's an interesting style choice but once again he chose it and he committed to it he stuck to it yeah never really changed the style up Trevino got that iconic hair (laughs) Trevino got that iconic at least we're you know we're talking about him still so that's true Uh, i don't know if it's for the right reasons but we are all right let's get to next week's 
picks. Let's um, do it. All right, let's kick it off with uh, Charlotte hosting Colorado. All right. The only bad thing about this match is someone's got to win. <laughs> uh, maybe not. Well, I maybe said. not. <laughs> I said it was going to be a draw. I picked Charlotte. Yeah. Um, I mean, they got to win. I can see a draw. Right? I can see a zero zero draw. A yeah. nice thrilling zero zero draw. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm not interested in watching that match. I can already say I will not be watching that. No. I am very interested in. Columbus hosting New England. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um, I also said draw. I just, you know, I think uh, both teams are going to play well. I think it's going to end in a draw. Yeah, I got. I mean, those are both fire teams. I'm, I'm really, really excited for yeah. that because I love both their managers, uh, Bruce Arena. Like, I love hate Bruce Arena. Where like I think he's like I just like him as a personality. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with him as like a soccer mind. I just think he's a cool dude. Uh, Wilfred Nancy, the guy who is the manager for Crew Columbus Crew, mm-hmm. um, he was used to be at Montreal. It seems like whenever Wilfred Nancy's around, the team that he's around performs a little bit better, and he knows how to get the most out of his players. Um, so having said that, I do think Wilfred Nancy's team, Columbus Crew, are going to beat New England. That's my All prediction. Right. We'll see what happens. Uh, Montreal hosting D.C. I said D.C., yeah, me too. Both both these teams are pretty bad, so I'm going to probably skip this one as well. I have no plans yeah. to watch this match. Yeah. Um, I also, yeah, DC was my pick as well. Uh, Red Bulls hosting Houston. I said Red Bulls. You know, they're my team now. Just sticking with it. Um, good. I like that. I think I, I, I picked a draw. I don't exactly know why. I just, I think the Red Bulls are in a little bit of disarray maybe. And yeah, like, it's, it's probably... Houston tend to score penalties a lot. I don't know why, but uh, there was a stat that was like this one guy from Houston who's on their penalty taking duty. He has scored four penalties already this season. How crazy is that? So Houston have already had four penalty kicks this season. That's kind of insane. Yeah. Um, But I picked a draw. Uh, We'll see what happens. New York City hosting Nashville at City Field this time. So the homeless team stay, it up. stays homeless. <laughs> um, I said Nashville. I said Nashville because I hate New York City FC. So, yeah. Um, also, they haven't been playing that great. Yeah. Um, also, I feel like it's going to... It's like it's supposed to be like rainy and in the 50s or something like that. Yeah, potential for rain. It's going to be kind of a sloppy game, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going for Nashville. Uh, Toronto and Atlanta are playing in in Toronto. I said Toronto. I'm giving him the the home field, the home pitch advantage. Yeah, for me, I think this one. I I think I looked up the weather for this one too, and um, I, that's why I picked a draw because I was like, I don't think Toronto are going to win, but I think the conditions might be a little much for Atlanta. I don't really yeah. know. I'm going draw. Uh, Austin hosting Vancouver. This was tough. I said Austin. Um, Initially, I was kind of thinking Vancouver, but I think Austin can win this one. Austin are like not a good team this season, but I still picked them. Yeah, I don't know. I th- I feel like at home, I think they're going to get the different. home advantage as yeah, well. Their fans are are they're good. Chicago are playing Philly. I said Chicago. I went for a draw on this one. I feel like normally I would have said Philly, but I think Philly. You know, they just played last night in Guadalajara or as of this record yeah this week they'll have played in mexico and they played like with a, a lot of their starting team yeah i think mostly their starting team um and i think 
Kai Wagner just re-entered his hamstring, and I uh. think Olivier Mbizo or whatever he he also was hurt. So Philly are just in in a bad way. I still don't think Chicago are are good though. So I picked a draw. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dallas are hosting Salt Lake. I said Dallas. Me too. I'm sticking sticking to my anti RSL. I don't know why, but I like always pick against them. I think Dallas will win. Yeah, me too. Uh, Minnesota hosting Orlando. Went with many. I also did surprisingly. Um, surprisingly, why? Aren't they know. the better team? I think. I guess they are the better team. I just don't. Really, and they're going to be home. I don't really believe in in them. Mm. I don't know why. I just don't. Okay. Uh, but it's because they're at home. I think that's why I picked them. I was like yeah. Orlando. Whenever it's a difference, like far north to far south right i usually will pick the home team uh st louis hosting cincinnati i said st louis um yeah i just i don't think they're going to want to lose three in a row i i was leaning towards cincinnati or a draw um I'm going to stick with draw. Okay. Just uh, Brenner not playing makes it a little different, but yeah. I think Cincinnati are still fine. I think it's going to okay. be a draw. I think this match, though, is going to be... It's one of those that's, like, so crazy because this is, like, almost like one of the highlight matches of the week. Yeah. Um, and if you said, like, you know, a couple years ago, like, hey, Cincinnati versus Expansion St. Louis is going to be a fucking one of the marquee matchups of the weekend people be look at you like you're crazy but it's <clears throat> how quickly things can turn around in mls yeah um oh no oh no <laughs> timbers are hosting seattle uh, oh i said seattle i said Hated seattle. to do it but they're they're the better team i said sure. seattle too yeah. i don't even want i oh, i like okay. i don't even know if i want to watch that yeah like, it might be tough oh my god it's gonna be brutal we're, <laughs> we're the only way we're gonna be able to, we have we're gonna have to like muck the game up we're gonna have to just like foul them and we're gonna have to try to just possess and like yeah hey you never know like stranger things have happened yeah the providence park crowd might be able to you know pull some pull a point back for us or something i don't know it's 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 gonna be very difficult uh san jose hosting sport in kansas city i said san jose yeah i mean yeah I, Kansas City has to win at some point, though. You think the team will feel galvanized after the Abobasi, uh kind of uh, adversity? And San Jose are going to be like, you know what? We're going to come together. Yeah, you know, I wasn't even considering that when I chose San Jose. Um, I just, I kind of kind of like them. Um, I think they're, they've played a little bit better. Yeah. Kansas City just... Kansas City, I don't know. They're, I don't know what's going on. Things are they can, really like, bad. Yeah. So... Uh, but you know maybe they can win this one. i caught the end of their match last week and like even just the end it seems like the shape was all wrong and there's no urgency and it was like guys what what is going on i don't know it's very it's very weird i feel like peter Vermees normally can motivate a team better than that so i don't know what's happening but i picked i picked kansas city yeah well, I, I pick kansas we'll city i think that they're gonna I, I'm gonna keep picking them until they until they reward me. <laughs> That's I mean they're bound to win. They have yeah, to. one of these one of these weeks. Um, finally, El Tráfico, LA Galaxy versus LAFC. Um, 4:30 p.m. Is that gonna be a Sunday game? Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be 
brutal. That one is going to be a slaughter fest, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we both said LAFC. I think LAFC like four one or something. Yeah, like I that. don't. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. There's no way Galaxy can win, but but who knows? Maybe that'll be the, just what they need is LAFC coming in because LAFC also had a midweek match. Yeah, you know they they played against Vancouver. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. LAFC are going to come in and be like, oh, we're going to take it easy, suddenly get sucker punched. Yeah, that can happen too. You can't let your guard down, you know? Um, What are you most excited for? El Trafico. El Trafico. You know, just, uh, it might not be that great of a game, but I love the name. Um, I'm excited for, I love a good rival game. We were robbed of our first El Trafico opening week. It was uh, the weather robbed us. Yeah. They uh, wouldn't play through the rain because L.A. apparently rain and snow are a big deal in Los Angeles. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's snowing. We can't play. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Okay. For L.A., though, that weather's crazy. For us, it's like whatever. But I get why, you know, it's like one flake and they're like, oh, my God, what do we do? It's just, you know, you got to play through that shit, dude. Come on. They they probably could have, but whatever. I think it it wasn't like a logistics thing. It was like no one's going to be able to get to the rose bowl or whatever because of that yeah what about you what are you what are you excited about columbus and new england bruce versus nancy bruce and nancy bruce arena (laughs) wilfred nancy i think that'll be fire i'm i'm really excited for that you know a few years ago we did a mic'd up video where we did bruce arena versus thierry henry remember that thierry henry's assistant coach Mm -hmm. was wilfred nancy there we have there's audio of Wilfred Nancy in that piece yelling alongside Thierry Henry yeah. so th- these change. are just two two great soccer minds I'm very excited for that um Amy where can the people find us they can find us at Twitter on Twitter rather at on Twitter, Twitter at calling casuals that's right or you can email us calling all casuals at gmail.com yes let us know your thoughts opinions questions concerns Whatever, whatever you got to say. Yeah, we want to hear you need it. To say, say it with your chest at g at, at to our Gmail yeah, account. Yeah, on the the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, keyboard it, keyboard it <laughs> out to us. Tell us what we missed for the the hair eleven. Tell us, yeah. uh, tell us how you feel about El Trafico. Any and all reactions. Yeah, we we just need something. We need content. <laughs> um, all right, thank you for listening, Amy. Thank you for being here thank as you. always. And uh, remember, keep it casual. Bye. Productions Podcast.